chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us again, we have Max Montrose, president of the Tricomb Institute. Um, Max, thank you again for coming back to the show. You had so much great information. We had to have you come back um, and really help to uh, to, to, to create a, a demarcation line, if you will, of of how to properly uh, determine the effects of cannabis without just simply saying it's a sativa, it's an indica, it's a hybrid. So again, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Dave. Uh, always love being on the show, man. Thank you very much. So uh, before we dive into any of that, let's let's uh, for any of the listeners that didn't get a chance to listen to the last podcast, let's talk a little bit about the Tricome Institute and its purpose. Um, sure. So we are a business in the cannabis industry unlike any other. Um, our goal is to create creative um, and professional ways to solve the cannabis industry's biggest problems, and there are quite a few. Uh, we do that by operating three different businesses. One, uh, we write technical textbooks on cannabis uh, that are reviewed and approved by the highest authorities in cannabis law, science, and medicine uh, with government approval and certification that we teach online and in person. We also created the world's first cannabis quality certification process, standard operating procedure, and uh, an application on a, on a computer of how to grade the, um, the qualitative and objective features of cannabis flower and concentrates. And then we also run the Cannabis Sommelier Program in Turpening. And in Turpening teaches people how to assess flower for its quality using just the human senses um, and then uh, and quite a bit of knowledge and background. Um, and then probably more important is the ability to assess how these hybridized flowers will affect you psychotropically um, on the spectrum of uh, psychotropic effects that you can get from cannabis flowers. And so uh, from, a, from a very basic perspective, um, that's, that's what we do. And so for, for people that may not know, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the different psychotropic effects that one might, uh, uh, have happen to them depending on the type of flower they're taking. Sure. So, um, so currently in our industry, there is a standard to shop for an effect. Um, and what that standard is, is by either shopping for indica, sativa, or somewhere in between. And so um, where these terms come from is a, a black market understanding uh, with very minimal research and also um, research that was uh, not conducted properly uh, decades and decades ago, um, even a century and more ago, um, that defines these plant types um, where they come from and how they work. And so what we have is this just um, basic understanding that a sativa, and this is an okay understanding up until this point because this is now how it is, um, but we consider sativa to be the 
type of plant type that makes you stimulated um, in an intoxicated cannabis way. Whereas indica, we use that term to describe sedative type flowers. Um, and then what people try to do is just kind of guess, if you will, that you know this hybrid is 40% sativa, 60% indica. Um, and these guesses are based off of anecdotal information, and it doesn't mean that they're inaccurate. Um, it's just 100% unprofessional and verifiable and often incorrect. So it sounds kind of like it's the uh, like the blood quotient that uh, we tried to apply to uh, native tribes early on to say whether or not they should actually be able to live on that land. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I can speak too much about that. But, um, <laughs> What's but, the percentage, but, but, right? So it's like if you're only right. 10% native, then you're not really an Indian. Sure. Um, but it's the same kind of thing. So they, they, they try to say that this person had this much blood in them, so that gives them – uh, you know, uh, uh, the right to the land because of that. And, and basically it was the U.S.'s way of, of uh, trying to thin the tribes uh, till they just disappeared. Sure. And, and, you know, and today we have um, tons of cannabis testing, but unfortunately, um, so, so, here's, so here's the unfortunate problem uh, from kind of a 30,000 foot level. There's, let's just say you walk into a dispensary and there's 50 different types of flowers available for sale on the shelf. And they're labeled either indica or sativa. And they're sitting on those sides of the shelf. Right then and there, people assume that those are indica or sativa or they smoke them and and that's what they believe them to be. But nobody has any tracking or record to tell where those plants came from um, and what their genetic lineage is. But we can test their genetic lineage, but unfortunately, DNA testing is proving really difficult to point out uh, speciation, because and then it's also the chemical testing um, is is completely null, which means you can't assess the cannabinoids or the terpenes and determine if it's an indica or a sativa um, from from a speciation perspective, and this gets unbelievably complicated because there's so many people out there who are, you know, probably saying that, well, you know, if you do have tests that are high in terpenoline and D-lemonine, then of course you're going to get a stimulating effect because that's the pharmacology of those terpenes that it's dominant in. And maybe it's true that the effect that you get is sativa, but the question is, is, is the plant a sativa plant? And the answer is no, because genomically we have evidence that says that the plants that everyone believes are sativas, the really tall plants that have thin leaves that have long internodal spacing um, that gets you high and not stoned are genomically more indica species, subspecies indicas that everyone just thinks are sativas. So even though the uh, the leaves can uh, appear more more of uh, what we would traditionally look at as as like a hemp, the very thin leaves, um, it it could still be uh, an indica uh, gen- genomically, as you were putting it. Even though the the well, the presentation of the leaves could differ dramatically. Right. Well, so here's the thing. Now we're talking about phenotype. So yeah, the phenotype of the plant that I just described. Everyone thinks is a sativa, but we're, we're categorizing that as that plant being a drug type, and drug type defined as high in THC. 
not CBD. And that's another complicated story, but we'll leave that out for now. So what we're talking about is a narrow-leafed drug type. That's its phenotype. And you, Dave, just described, well, you know, that seems similar to a hemp plant. Well, that's because it is a hemp plant because the hemp plant is genomically a sativa species, subspecies sativa, and its phenotype is identical to that of the other narrow leaf type that happens to be a drug type. So one we categorize as an NLD, narrow leaf drug type, and the other as an NLH, a narrow leaf hemp type. Um, both are cannabis plants, one high in THC, the other not. Um, and you know, that is a chemical difference, which is what the law is based on. Plants that have 0.3% THC or less are, are legally considered hemp plants, but you're still going to get crossover on either side of the aisle due to the mass amount of hybridization. You're always going to have, uh, it's never going to be exact, but in terms of generally, generally that's, that's what it is. So regardless, uh, you know, of, of the look and our understanding, we, we really just haven't, we, we barely scratched the surface of what cannabis really is to us. Um, you, on the last episode, uh, kind of put it in a, a really, a really cool way of phrasing it, kind of uh, put it, uh, pressing it against uh, our canine companions, um, you know, the right. wolves that are out there and, and things like that. And now we have pugs and we have shit zoos and all sorts of fun, interesting animals that all stem from one. Right. So... Here's, so here's the thing. Um, my girlfriend has a French bulldog, and a French bulldog is purely alien. There's nothing organic or natural about that creature or where it comes from in the world. And it literally descends from no geography outside of people's living rooms. And so, um, and it's, you know, uh, <laughs> um, the, the point is, is, there's no such thing as a French bulldog in nature. And the way that there's no such thing as a boxer or a poodle from nature. These are literally creatures designed by humans with generations of mass hybridization and domestication. And that's exactly what's in the dispensaries today. They're not indica or sativa, like at all. Because the, the true indicas and sativas that still exist in nature are still like, you know, the original dog types that still exist in nature, wolves and coyotes, which are not available on the marketplace for like pets, the same way that the original cannabis plants aren't. So what you find in the dispensaries are um, not very common to uh, the ancestors of uh, the cannabis's lineages. So that's right, folks. What you are smoking for the dispensaries is alien weed. <laughs> we got to take <laughs> a quick break, Max. When we get right back, uh, we have Max Montrose, president of the Tricome Institute, and he is teaching us about interpening. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. 
industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Equio, New Frontier's cutting-edge big data platform, puts the information and answers you need right at your fingertips in real time to help you more effectively run your cannabis business. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. Again, that's www.equio.io. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. And that's right, with us today we have Max Montrose, and uh, he has been laying down bars of knowledge for us today. Um, so we, we were just talking about alien weed. So uh, basically, um, we have created uh, the cannabis that uh, we all smoke today. So it wasn't necessarily something that uh, a person just happened upon and it was those same effects. We uh, we created it kind of like uh, the goldfish that, uh, you know, the, the Japanese have been breeding out, uh, the Eukins and the celestial bubble eyes that never would have existed in nature had we not said, hmm, let's put this one and this one together and see what happens. And over decades and generations, we we fast forward to way past what our Dutch strains would have been, and and what uh, you know uh, the folks out of uh, Northern Cal, uh, out of Colorado, out of Oregon, out of Washington have been really you know uh, redefining cannabis uh, very quickly. So I like that term alien weed, honestly. <laughs> I don't know if the weed is as much of an alien as as the French bulldog that I have running around the house. Uh, I don't no, know they really should, Dave, but they're. They're, they're, you know, uh, artificially inseminated and they're artificially birthed. So they, oh, they literally can't even like breed um, amongst themselves without assistance, which is uh, partly why they're so alien. We have to like create them. <laughs> you know, I, I had a boxer and uh, I had a, uh, a French mastiff, you know, kind of all in the same same family of, of dogs, all alien apparently. Um, but, you know, I mean, these are dogs that they really wouldn't have been able to survive in the wild. You know, they have so many issues. Uh, you know, that, uh, it's, it's funny, um, that, that you, you know, you mentioned that they have to be artificially inseminated and, 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 uh, assisted with birthing and stuff like that. These are the types of things that we're able to create now with, with cannabis. However, I would say that we, we haven't created, you know, that type of an alien. What we've done is created something that's quite beautiful and remarkable. And the, the flowers that we get from them are, are just as beautiful as any rose you'll come across in a, in an award-winning garden. Um, but nonetheless, uh, our hand has probably been more involved uh, than any of us really realized. Uh, you know, I know some people that have been uh, eager to go after the, you know, the land races, you know, the pure land races, <clears throat> you know, and 
And the funny thing about that is they probably would be fairly disappointed. Well, yes and no. You know, what, what's going to be disappointing with land races are, you know, the, the volume of produce that you're going to get off of them. They've, they've never been uh, bred or hybridized to be heavy producers. Um, but, you know, they definitely still produce. Um, but what we can find that's interesting with the land races is, um, you know, more pure chemical design. Um, because, you know, when, when you, if you were to find a true, uh, indica species, indica, a narrow leaf drug type, um, you know, it's terpene combinations could be more pure and more unique to it. Um, and they might be harder to find over generations of time, um, being hybridized. Those unique terpenes that are, uh, specifically and only found in cannabis are probably more available in the land races and probably um, are weaker uh, over time and hybridization and thus harder to find and thus harder to experience. Um, so I think, you know, land races may have more pure experience in their essence, but you're never going to find that in the dispensary. Um, and then the funny thing is, is, uh, you know, breaking down the term land race versus heirloom, in uh, the confusion in the industry about what those words, uh, what their definitions actually are. Um, and, and that gets, I don't know, kind of complicated. And I don't know if you want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, but, you know, I think uh, one interesting thing to in this topic, because we're talking a lot less about interpreting and a more, I guess, about uh, cannabis speciation, um, is the other plant types of cannabis that are never mentioned. Uh, including chances and ruderalis. Um, so I don't know if you want to go there or not. So what, would be, <laughs> so what would be the, uh, the differences between the, the, the types then? Um, is it more content? Is it just simply the, the leaf structure? Um, or is it a, a, a multitude of those variances? So there's, there's, three, um, there's three ways to break down what a plant is. Uh, and thus what cannabis is. Um, and then I have a fourth thing to add to it, which is a little cherry on top, but I'll talk about that at the end. Um, so the three things are chemotype, genotype, and phenotype. And so, um, uh, yes, the genes do help tell you the species um, and subspecies, but it's, it's still difficult um, because of all of the massive hybridization, but it's also more difficult because we we have never had an opportunity to start with the original references. So we're constantly going back in time and trying to dig backwards through genetic history and technology to, to try to find the originals. Um, and that's going to take some time. Um, but the gene of the plant kind of defines its blueprint. Okay. Hmm. So the okay. plants are designed to have a specific phenotype. A, which is a shape that it grows, which includes its leaf structure and branch structure. But, and it also has a predetermined blueprint for the type of chemistry it's going to grow, which is its chemotype. So what's its cannabinoid ratios and its terpene ratios? So between the DNA inside, what the plant looks like outside, and the chemistry it builds is essentially the blueprint to say, this is what this plant is, and this is how I, I know it to be true. And you can see it, experience it, and measure it. Um, and it's pretty accurate. 
Uh, and that's going to change but, depending on, I mean, you can have one plant that goes to seed and you can take those seeds and plant every one of them. And you're going to have variants from every single one of them, both in the phenotype and the chemotype, correct? Yeah. And, and the genotype, it's going to, you know, the seed is a copy of its mother, um, you know, and then it's a little bit also of the father. But what happens is, you know, all of the plants that grew in a certain region, um, you know, over a million years, the mother and the father are the same plant type and they're just, you know, interbreeding and making their species stronger. And then all of a sudden human beings walk upon that, that platform and then, you know, over the next thousand years as they're traveling, um, you know, they meet other people, maybe a trade happens overseas and all of a sudden you're trading seeds that may have come from a uh, equatorial region, which is going to be hotter, um, which is going to produce phenotypes that are more sativa dominant. And you could bring them to a different region in the world, which could be a jungle. And so all of a sudden that blueprint is now going to morph because the environment is different. And so, you know, where the, where the chemistry comes from is not only the blueprint from a basis, but the environment itself. And so the amount of sunlight available to go through the trichome heads to develop cannabinoids and terpenes is going to matter in what types of cannabinoids and terpenes ultimately are going to come out in which arrangement, as well as the, the plant itself will morph over time to um, you know, fit better in its environment. That's what evolution is. And yes, it's very real. Well, you know, it's funny um, that you that you put it that way. You know, my, my wife and I uh, often will have, uh, you know, a little backyard garden, you know, some Brussels sprouts, carrots, you know, stuff like that. And um, the, the first year that we had Brussels sprouts, they were they were pitiful. Um, but we let it go to the go to seed. And it actually took two years because um, it's a, a biennial plant. So the second year around we get seeds, we plant those. And it was almost a night and day difference because it had, for lack of a better term, it had climatized to our environment a little bit better. And, you know, it, it begs the question, you know, we have these these different uh, uh, plant types. You know, we have Blue Dream coming out of Northern California that is completely different than Blue Dream anywhere else. Um, and a lot of people don't realize the, the variances that wind up occurring just from the environmental uh, inputs for these plants. I mean, sure, you could have cuttings from that same mother, bring it over, and it's not going to act the same way here. Let me, let me give you probably the craziest example and analogy I can come up with. We um, got about a minute before our next break. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll just tell you that um, if you talk to growers, real, real growers, they'll tell you that they'll cut the same clones from the same mother, exact same everything, and they'll grow them in two different houses, but in the same city. And for whatever reason, the location difference, which is not far, and they use the exact same growing techniques, but the only thing that could be different is like a little bit of the water here or there, like what? Maybe we don't know, but the point is, is um, we notice that our plants even become different even a few blocks away from each other, growing in almost identical environments. That's how that's how extreme cannabis morphology is. Alien weed. We gotta take a quick break. <laughs> we'll be right back with you, Max. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis. Only on cannabisradio.com when we return. 
Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chich and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him being that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. Uh, we have Max Montrose. Uh, we, uh, we've been talking and haven't touched nearly enough on interpreting. Uh, we we got to dive into that because, again, I, I, I consider this groundbreaking. But we've been having some wonderful discussions about, uh, you know, cannabis and, uh, and how unique and beautiful uh, and, and in some situations alien it is. So um, we, we really haven't spent nearly as much time in interpreting, and I'd, I'd really like to dive back into it to kind of highlight what you guys are doing over at uh, the Tricom Institute and your, your other companies there and uh, how we can, we can finally start uh, pulling the curtain back uh, on what to expect when you imbibe. When you imbibe in interpreting? Well, well when you imbibe in cannabis, but you have the knowledge of interpreting. Right. Well, uh, there's a big difference between those. Um, so... Yeah, so um so the I think as we've um kind of highlighted during this interview is cannabis is unbelievably complex um in its truth and in its essence and the vast majority of all people including cannabis growers, industry members, cannabis users, bud tenders, um the government, doctors everybody is really confused on what cannabis um, actually is. And so what interpreting is, is it is a sommelier approach to understanding cannabis at an expert level. And because everyone in this industry claims that they're experts, uh, we actually have certification processes and testing procedures where you're basically going to have to prove it. And so um, because interpreting... I really want to be able... 
I really want to be able to apply or, you know, a hand out that, uh, that questionnaire one of these days. Cause I call bullshit so often with people. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's uh, it, let me just tell you, Dave, it's, it's not easy. Um, it, it's not easy. <laughs> well, uh, this in, yeah, being in this industry with the knowledge base that exists. Um, and so, so essentially, um, like wine sommeliers, um, there are people who have spent years and years developing an understanding of cannabis that then come to class. Many of them fly to Colorado. And then in class, we really refine your understanding of what cannabis is kind of by um, starting from the very beginning of time of where cannabis comes from, uh, where the plants, how they develop themselves, how they moved around planet Earth, speciation. We go into the strain name dilemma. Um, why you should never shop for cannabis based on its strain name and why they're all mixed and matched. And then essentially, uh, what to do about that problem. Um, you know, there's, there's two big problems in our, in, in that interpreting helps solve. One is, um, there's no quality standards in our industry whatsoever. All of the lab testings don't test for quality. They, they think that they do, but they don't even come close. Um, and so how do you know what you're getting isn't old or rotten or have mold or bugs or if it's underflushed or unflushed or has nutrient lock? Um, so being able to assess for yourself if this cannabis is quality enough to consume and at what level and then going further and above and beyond that because um, speciation and hybridization is so confusing and people know so little about it. We actually teach you a few really interesting techniques to use the human senses to investigate uh, the psychotropic um, scale between sedative and stimulating flower types um, based off of the terpene profile that you can detect with just your nose, but also uh, where on your face you're detecting uh, the essence of these smells using the trigeminal nerve. Um, of your face, um, as well as correlating cola structure um, based off of plant structure, based off of uh, original phenotype, genotype, and geography. And so if you can put all those pieces together, um, and trained interpreters can, in seconds, we can tell you exactly how, how good your cannabis is and exactly how it'll make you feel, regardless of its potency testing, and regardless of its training. Yeah, it sounds like you might put a lot of uh, testing agencies out of business one day when they uh, figure it all out. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, um, the other thing that we also haven't talked about is, um, you know, I, I did create the world's first cannabis quality testing laboratory. Um, so all of the things that they don't test for that are quality, qualitative things that are measurable um, are things that the TAG program does test for, uh, trichome assurance grading. Um, and so we will have uh, trichome assured graded flour available in the marketplace um, as early as within a month or two. And uh, what uh, facilities will that be available in for our listeners? I can't say right now, but I can say that if you um, follow our emails at trichomeinstitute.com, we will release, uh, there will be 25 um, genetics that or flower types that we have graded that will be available 
um, in five different retail and medical dispensaries um, in and around Denver, Colorado, starting around uh, mid-March. So keep your eyes out for that, folks. Um, we're uh, about out of time, unfortunately. Max, thank you, uh, thank you for coming on the show again, and uh, for for you know, as I like to put it, dropping the bars of knowledge for us. Um, you know, the the uh, the. The curtain needs to be pulled back, and the more we can understand, the better off we all are going to be. Um, that way we're not, uh, you know, I like to say, uh, you know, mystery is uh, great in books, right? But uh, everywhere else, we're not looking for mystery. We want factual answers. And I think you bring us that much closer to a, a, a more complete understanding of what cannabis is and how it acts on our bodies. So thank you again, Max. Um, we look forward to having you on the show again in the near future. And, um, of course, I'd like to thank all of you for listening to uh, this edition of The State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman, and we'll talk with you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.